TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. The Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. Well, the Club for Common Sense reconvenes for our number two. We provide you a sanctuary of sanity nine to noon every weekday. On Appointment Radio, otherwise known as the Bob Cordaro Show. Honoring veterans today that we lost. Ralph Morris, of late of Waymart, born Wilkes-Barre, U.S. Navy, Vietnam. He was a boiler maker. Philip McHugh of Clifford, U.S. Army, 1969-1971 in Vietnam. Then he joined the Pennsylvania National Guard after surviving Vietnam. He was from Clifford, and he worked at Tobahanna Armored Depot. James Connor of Scranton, U.S. Air Force, he was also in Vietnam. 1960 to, 1966 to 1970 was his service. He was a fuel specialist. He then became, eventually, the Wilkes-Barre Postmaster. Robert Winterstein, Montrose, U.S. Navy, also in Vietnam. Walter Snops, Snopkowski, Kaiser Valley Section of Scranton, U.S. Army. Edison Deming, Lake Winola, born Montdale, U.S. Navy, served on the USS Protector, became a a sprinkler fitters union member, leaves behind his wife Gail and four adult children. Sam Ponarts, U.S. Air Force, he was a career man, rising all the way to major in the U.S. Air Force. James Mutz, Musto, born Pittston, late of Jenkins Township. This man, James Musto, was in the 101st Airborne in Korea during the Korean conflict. And Joseph Jody Simon, Bear Creek, he was born in Nanticoke, also worked at Tobahanna Army Depot. Wife leaves behind his wife Patricia and, and, and children, all adult as well. He served us 1961 to 63 in the U.S. Army. Thanks to Joan Hadawanitz and Barney Smith. You know, they, they've, <laughs> here's what good people do. They know I'm paying tribute to the veterans, you know, and, and very often those who have passed away. So on their own, Joan Hadawanitz, they just start sending me the, because they know I, <laughs> I avoid the newspaper on the weekends because they're so awful. And so I don't see the uh, obituary, so they send them to me every week. Isn't that remarkable? That's why I love doing this show, because of you guys. I, I truly do. 
People, it's not just a comp, like, you participate, you make the show. That's why we say LTS. And I say LTS back at you because you guys make the show. You truly do. And that's important to me. And this hour brought to you by Dunmore Lumber, 622 South Blakely Street in Dunmore. Beat the big box blues. And go to 622 South Blakely Street. Convenient parking. You walk in, you walk out. You, you, you know, you're not walking for acres to find a two by four or whatever you might want hardware, you name it. Paint. You got service selection and price and convenience. Done more lumber. And this program brought to you by Pizza Bella, Route 309, Mountaintop. They don't just have great pizza. They're also the home of the no-carb pizza crust. You got to try it. (laughs) Pizza Bella. So, John Perillo's with us. And every Monday we get to have this conversation. And when we don't, we do it on Tuesday. And sometimes we do it more than once a a week. Because it's that important. And I, I enjoy it that much. John Perillo... How are you, my friend? Well, it's good to, uh, good to talk to you, Bob. Hope it sounds like you had a great weekend, and uh, that's always helpful, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know, I usually, I, I thank God I didn't have that great of a weekend. I'm not exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's good to know. But sometimes we, we just need to decompress from uh, all the excitement in the news. Uh, yeah. But anyway, last week Bob had asked me to follow the congressional war games. Um, and for those of you who remember our discussion last week, uh, Congress actually conducted a series of war game scenarios scheduled on the 19th, which was Wednesday, and it was the House of Representatives Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party, uh, which is led by uh, Republican Mike Gallagher. And they did it, it's really more of a tabletop exercise, uh, along with a Washington think tank called the Center for New American Security. And it's already a little unusual for congressional committees to conduct such an exercise. Um, They're generally done by the military, but Congress did this one, and I think it's a good development because I think it gives Congress some idea of the things that they might actually need to do, you know, things that require congressional action, uh, not just military action. So some of the things that came out— I've got to insert in here, they know there's no presidential leadership— they know there's this woke insanity which has overcome the top brass at the Pentagon, and the sheep are, uh, you know, the sheep in the Pentagon are following that. So they know they've got to intervene. They can't just wait and fund it. They've got to find out what the heck's going on and go under the hood. Yeah, I'll, I'll let I'll let you deal with the politics as usual. Um, but there were some interesting things that did come out of this series of games that were slightly different than what we would normally see in a strictly military. Uh, set of war games. And the first was one of escalation. Right? So the, the China, the China's first decision, and this actually does go along to Bob's point that he just made, is whether to attempt to avoid U.S. involvement by keeping their initial attack on Taiwan somewhat limited. Right? Remember, we talked last week about the fact that they've been overflying Taiwanese airspace, that they've been bracketing them with missiles, and that one of the effects of that is to normalize those overflights. Well, what if you know, China decided not to do a full-scale invasion. Is there something that we would not 
a red line that we would allow them, you know, we wouldn't cross, right? They, they're, they're kind of invading, they're not invading. So there was some discussion around that, which was a new development for me. I thought that was very, very interesting. Um, uh, but if the other alternative for China would be to go big early, and that would be, you know, to, to blockade or invade, and that obviously makes it a lot harder for U.S. resupply. So that was kind of number one. The second thing is, in several of the scenarios, things spun out of control very quickly, meaning that either China or the U.S. threatened a nuclear retaliation or a nuclear response to deter the other, and then that response was misread. Now, we don't you know, really know beyond that what happened, but you know, that's one of the things that we heard a little bit about in the discussions of Ukraine. You know, what happens when somebody threatens a nuclear response and it's a, you know, it's a theater nuclear response versus a uh, you know, major nuclear response? So that was kind of one of the other things that Congress had to consider. And all sides felt, and again, this is kind of along Bob's point, that deterrence was insufficient at this point. Nobody felt that China was being deterred by the current level of support provided to Taiwan or by the current U.S. military presence in the region. So those were kind of the three major takeaways, right? John, um, and John, let me ask a question. Uh, we'll take a break in, in, after you answer this. Uh, are one of the strategic advantages we have very clearly being that surface ships are vulnerable to land-based attacks from mainland China. Uh, the submarine force. Now, do they have the capacity to fire substantial conventional weaponry in addition to their nuclear arsenals? Yes, and I think one of the one of the outcomes of every single war game scenario that we've seen, including this one, are major U.S. surface losses. I mean, yeah. and, and you know, our 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 Navy's down to sub three hundred ships now, and of which you know, ten, thirteen percent, fifteen percent, or something like that is currently within range of their shore-based missile systems. You're going to lose a lot of those. I mean, that's just the you know, and and that's the nature of war, and that's one of the reasons why. You know, I think our, our shipboard defenses, are they're working on that solution. Um, and it's also one of the reasons why submarines are such an in, increasingly important part of our response. And not just ballistic submarines, but submarines that can carry uh, sub-launched cruise missiles and, and you know, attack the, the Chinese Navy. So in every war game scenario that we've looked at, submarines play a, a major part. And... The Navy's Pacific commander, who, oh, by the way, is a classmate of mine, Akalino, um, he, he talked about that he felt that they had sufficient munitions to deter a Chinese naval uh, amphibious assault. Now, he was pressed on that a little bit, and, you know, what does that mean? And he, did, he declined to answer what that means. And what I, you know, from my limited knowledge of, you know, for my friends in that region, what I suspect he's talking about is really the sub-threat uh, that we have. Uh, China has its own submarines. They're good. Our submarine force is still the best in the world still for a number of reasons. I mean, yeah. I, and I guess that's uh, – we'll take this break, and I want to come back and talk a little bit more about that and then have you continue, obviously, with with what you discovered with last week's war game, congressional war game, uh, significant in both the fact that it happened – what it revealed, and who uh, conducted it. <laughs> we'll take a break Absolutely. on the Bob Cadaro Show. W-I-L-K, John Perillo, coming back with more Monday musings after this. This day, 1967, Aretha Franklin released her great hit, Respect. 
1980. I don't know if you guys heard it. I wasn't hearing it in my earphones. I hope you did. The United States launched an unsuccessful attempt to free the American hostages in Iran. This mission uh, was a failure. It resulted in the deaths of eight U.S. servicemen, and it sort of told us we've got to retool in our special forces and so forth because we weren't we weren't ready. I think they discovered that the salt buildup in the engines of the helicopters and all kinds of problems, and we've become much much more proficient. After that disaster, but it was, you know, it was, it was of a piece with Jimmy Carter and his presidency, good intentions turning out disastrously. And we're back with John Perillo. John, uh, you probably have some thoughts on that 1980 rescue mission. Oh, I do. And, uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> you know, I, those, you know, the brave, that was Delta force. Uh, and the, the absolutely the best teams out there with the best pilots out there, and and you know one of the things that happens in the military is that you know on occasion maneuver happens, and uh, a lot of things did change after that. To Bob's point, right? The, the we do a lot more night flying. The night stalkers were put in place. The you know uh, our night vision improved, and and now we actually um, have teams that prepare for this sort of thing and. Uh, I, I can't tell you how uh, extraordinary the young men and uh, now some women actually are who do this stuff. I mean, they, these guys are they're off the charts, and you, you should sleep better at night knowing that they're out there. I just wish there were more of them. Um, yeah, and at that time, yeah, we, I mean, yeah, at that time the Israelis were better than us. We're now the best in the world. I, I think. Oh, like, I think we're I think we're the best in the world. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any doubt that our Delta is and our you know seals and those guys are just they're they're just not in in a league with anybody else and and um and if you watch the training they they go through these guys are incredible i mean they're extraordinary and and you know i was in phenomenal shape back in the day and at one point i had the opportunity to do a short mission with a group of seals and i I mean i I could bench at that point 270 and run a marathon and i held those guys up everywhere they went (laughs) it was was amazing just how you know they're on a whole nother league but you know and and i don't want to diminish from the you know that those families i can't imagine what they went through but you know for somebody to say i'm going to go out to an enemy country land in the middle of the night unsupported and and make this attempt. I mean, that's just guts on a whole nother, another level. So, um, you know, the, anyway, I I, I I I do want to get back to our discussion a little bit because one one of the things on this games that was very interesting is not all war games are military related. Not all outcomes are military related. So, for Congress, there are a couple other results worth reviewing. Right. One of the things that that this game showed that we need to be prepared for was that global markets, in the event of a Taiwanese attack, uh, uh, Chinese attack on Taiwan, was that the global markets would be in absolute tatters. And, and Gallagher talks about, uh, Representative Gallagher, who's the, the chairman, talked about U.S. companies aren't really taking this threat seriously. And so between supply chain disruptions and market collapse, you know, our U.S. companies need to be better prepared for that, right? Just something to think about, right? The other is technology. You know, what happens to U.S. manufacturing when all the chips that are made in Taiwan are no longer available for some period of time? How about our defense industry, especially if we're in a shooting war and we're using guided munitions? How will we replace them 
if we don't have access to China, China, Taiwanese ships, and how long can we fight? And the short answer is not very long, right? The, 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 the final answer is classified, but, you know, again, something we need to think about. And how about things like intellectual property theft? And right now, we think of intellectual property theft in terms of what it costs us economically. But there's, you know, the, the fact that it happened shows that we're vulnerable to hacking. That's how they get the information that they're stealing, right? So if the Chinese could use that same system to steal from that they used to steal from us to maybe hack our Navy communications, for instance, what would happen then? That would be a huge advantage to China. Are we hardened enough for that? Again, they looked at that. Another thing that, you know, non-militarily related that they considered was food security. You know, we take it for granted because until COVID, at least, we never had to worry about food. Uh, and we certainly could produce all the food that we need in the United States. You know, whether we're doing that right now is a topic for another time. But the U.S. would not starve if we got if we failed to get avocados from Mexico starting tomorrow. But there are places in the world that would be devastated if the U.S. wasn't able to export. You know, what happens to those places? Again, you know, China could control uh, a couple of sea lanes and make, uh, you know, grind that to a halt. And then, again, from a congressional oversight side, they had some really interesting questions for various parts of the U.S. government. So, for instance, for the defense secretary, how and where do you concentrate your forces? Do you try to destroy Chinese maritime assets? Do you strike their airfields? Do you step back and try to blockade Chinese ports, you know, and, and have kind of an economic response like we did to, to Russia? Those are all questions for the defense secretary. You know, and he needs to answer those now. And again, I think this is a good development for, for Congress to be asking this. You know, for the secretaries of, of state, you know, do you want to concentrate on just on getting Japan, Austria, uh, Australia, and the Philippines to let U.S. forces base there, or do you want them to join the fight? You know, do you get um, multilateral support for sanctions against China? And if so, if that's whatever that goal is, the time to start working on that is now, not once the shooting starts. Again, a good output, you know, from really kind of a bipartisan committee, right? So they're asking the right questions. You know, for our Department of Homeland Security, do you choose to protect infrastructure that aids the military, or do you focus on domestic cyber defenses and ports and airfields and train systems or maybe the defense industrial base? Or, you know, how do you secure financial services and electrical power? You know, Bob talked earlier about the balloon, you know, uh, overflying the U.S. and the possibility of a pulse attack. You know, we don't have enough to do everything. Where are you going to concentrate your time and efforts? Uh, and then for the Treasury Secretary, things like how do you protect American markets and market liquidity? Right? If all of a sudden... The world's in turmoil, and, and the two largest economies in the world are at war. What happens to our finances? Right? What happens to our banking system? You know, the very basic things like that. There's a, there's a war game that every, every one of those yeah. sub-things that I just mentioned needs to be war game themselves. Well, I've always, the bottom line is we need to prepare, and we're not prepared. I've always been very impressed with Congressman Gallagher whenever I've heard him or seen him. And uh, I am so pleased that they did that comprehensive uh, and that deep of a dive into this situation because uh, good stuff. John Perillo, thank yeah. you very much for analyzing it for us. We'll come back to that without a doubt, but I, but I appreciate this week's Monday Musings. You got Bob, and again, to you and your, your listeners, thank you so much for spending time with me this Monday morning, and hope you have a great week. Always our pleasure, John. Thank you. We'll take this break and be back with the weather. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Joe Snedeker. Well, this morning, and we're still in it, cool start, then sun and clouds, and a few spotty showers high of 54 only. Tonight, cloudy overnight, temperatures down to 34. Tomorrow, spotty showers, clouds, and a high of just 54. Wednesday, partly cloudy and a high of 57. Then it climbs up to 60 and is partly sunny on Tuesday. Bob Cadaro back with you here on WILK. Always illuminating to talk to John Perillo. We learn a lot. Somebody texted him, Bob, I remember two Krispy Kremes in the Wyoming Valley in the early 60s. Uh, Wilkes-Barre on Scott Street and the other lasted longer on Wyoming Avenue in Kingston. Those were the days. And then somebody else on that song by the Herman's Hermits Mrs. Brown, you have a lovely daughter, reminds me of my 8th grade graduating class at St. John the Evangelist grade school in the north end of Wilkes-Barre. That and Do the Freddy. (laughs) I never heard that one. We were a cohesive group of kids that remain friends to this day. Isn't that great? That's the magic sauce of this area. I was talking about my friend Mary Regina, you know, I know her for 55, 57 years, something like that. That's the magic sauce. Nobody has it. Speaking of Dick Reardon, the former L.A. mayor, when I was working for him, I remember talking to him about this. I said, Dick, you guys know somebody for five years. You, you think you're old friends. Now, at that time, I'm 25 years old. But I said, you know, <laughs> I know people my entire life since before the age of reasoning. And that's the way it is with most of the people I know at home. Because we had discussions whether to stay in L.A. or come back home. In any event, our friend Andrew from Stanhope, New Jersey. How are you, Andrew? Hey, what's up? Good, Bob. And I just wanted to say on this, we just go with these. I love that you do the tribute to the military. And today, it's a little chilly out there, but um, I was out sweeping the deck and doing a little gardening, which I love, and I learned from my grandparents in Lansford area, Jim Thorpe, organic gardening in Pennsylvania. And I wouldn't have that freedom to enjoy my life if it wasn't for the military. So that was great. And speaking of the military, listening to Kennedy, what turned me off 
first, he was saying in America, there's big problems because there's no longer a middle class, but I would argue he's wildly out of touch. Everybody probably listening to the show is in the middle class. And, and you, mean, you mean Robert F. <laughs> right. Yeah. America's known for the middle class, having a middle class and people immigrate here like my wife and my grandparents. So there's a, a huge middle class. And what also offended me even worse, speaking of the veterans, he said the Iraq war was the neocons meeting conservatives, but it was both Democrats too voted for it, except for Bernie Sanders and John Kerry. When he was a Senator, he was before Bush was president. I saw him on C-SPAN with his doing a speech, like, you know, flailing his arms around saying Saddam Hussein is a date. So he was a pro generator. You know, he was propagandizing or promoting the war before Bush came there. He was before, so before was he was them. against it. Yeah. And lastly, like you give credit to the veterans. He said maybe a million Iraqis died, which is horrible. But what about the U.S. military that died? He didn't give them any, you know, mention. So that to me, that was like horrendous. You have to remember, though, I mean, with with what little credit is due, Robert F. Kennedy is a liberal Democrat. He just has some serious differences because they're insane. That doesn't mean his policies and his thoughts are good. <laughs> it just means right. it just means in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. <laughs> so he makes the most sense in the Democrat Party, uh, but that doesn't mean he makes sense. <laughs> he he doesn't support having tampons in the boys' bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it was his fellow Democrat, John Kerry, who's a liberal from New Hampshire. He's not was, a liberal. He's a sick, <laughs> twisted, weird individual, John Kerry. Definitely. He was promoting the war, you know, invading before Bush was even president. So it was both sides. So I didn't like that. And just not to mention our troops that died. You know, to yeah. me, that was totally disrespectful. Well, John, uh, John, Kerry, John Kerry is very... Um, he's very passionate about his lunacy <laughs> and he's a scary, he's a sick, twisted individual. He, he really is. And we had, uh, sent to me information and it's like, you, you look at what is going on with these people and what they believe. Now, for example, the Biden administration, uh, Timmy Mack sent me this. They're going to announce soon that what the Washington Post called a plan to drastically reduce greenhouse gas emissions. The cuts are so stringent that as the Washington Post admits, fossil fuel plants, and I would call them uh, standard fuel, uh, which supply around 65% of America's power, would be technologically incapable of complying. To stay open, they would have to dramatically raise Americans' utility bills, which they've already had to do because of Biden. And then what Mac points out, Timmy points out is, what is doubly sinister is that these rules will come just a few weeks after the Biden administration announced that American transportation system will no longer be fueled with oil, gas, and diesel, but with electric. So we won't be able to supply the electricity for the battery-powered cars that they're going to force us to have. It's, these people are so stupid. And so maniacal and lunatic. Well, what, what, what is the word? <laughs> Such lunatics. 
you, you can't make it up, Andrew. So Kennedy uh, sounds normal compared right, to right. what they do. But uh, we got to go. We got to take this break. Always a pleasure, Andrew. Thank you. We'll take this break and be back. This date, 1971, Three Dog Night had the number one hit, Joy to the World. And I, <laughs> I've said this to you before. We had this garage band. Uh, unfortunately, two of the members uh, are no longer with us, Bobby Hazen and Matt Serrano. Our friend Joe DeRazzo, who is st- is ailing, but he's with us, and a great musician. He's the only good musician in the in the band. And we played Joy to the World. Because it was a pretty easy song to play, you know, for 7th, 6th, and 7th graders. And so we played that. <laughs> We're honoring today Ralph Morris, Waymart, Philip McHugh, Clifford, James Connor, Scranton. Robert Winterstein, Montrose, Walter Snop Snopkoski, Kaiser Valley Section of Scranton, Edison Deming, Lake Winola, Born Montdale, Sam Pom, uh, Pomance, I'm, I'm sorry, Pomarts, U.S. Air Force career man, James Musto, born Pittston, late of Jenkins Township, and Joseph Jody Simon, late of Bear Creek, born Nanticoke, veterans we lost. And that we are beyond proud of and honored to pay tribute to. Somebody texted in, uh, Miranda Devine's column today in the Post. And I I wanted to get to it, so I'm happy you texted in. Uh, It says, Hunter is actually living at the White House to avoid papers being served. From his child's mother to pay her money. (laughs) How sickening is this? Uh, And as the, the... uh, listener continues, degenerate Biden family is again billing the taxpayers and refusing to care for their own child and grandchild. Disgusting human beings. Yeah, there, see, there's a there's a uh, incompetence, a malevolence, and there it is in full display. Hunter can't keep from getting impregnating a woman. But then they avoid responsibility for what he's done. Even though it's proven it's his child. Think of how scummy Joe Biden is. This is his grandchild. And you know what you do with Hunter? I don't care if he's 50 or whatever he is. You slap him in the head and say, go take care of that kid. That's yours. That's your responsibility. What are you, nuts? Hiding in the White House. Unbelievable. We'll be back after Bloomberg. I wanted to finish with that song, Johnny, and I forgot to tell you, darn it. Well, that's Ocean. They had the number three hit this date in 1971. Put your hand in the hand. Ah, darn it. I meant to tell Johnny. So we'll deal with it. I guess uh, we'll we'll pick something. We'll find something else. Uh, our man Stanky, Mark Mayer, sent me this uh, article. And John Kerry, the ghoul, he was on Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC. So friendly audience. So he tells the truth. In essence, what he said is that we're causing 
natural energy prices, oil, gas, natural gas, to rise. And that makes green energy more competitive. (laughs) So he basically let, because of all the things they're doing, it's more expensive. Energy writ large is more expensive. So our energy, green energy, can compete and be more competitive. So it's what I've been telling you. They want to do you harm. This is intentional. It's never happened before. A democratically elected group of office holders, and it doesn't matter if it's crime on the streets, it doesn't matter if it's the border, it doesn't matter if there was that sick response to COVID. We've never had an elected group of officials in the history of this democracy intentionally harm the American people. And that's what we have now. Our friend Doc from Minan was on hold, but I guess he couldn't. But I, <laughs> he, would, he would come up with some inane answer to this, but this is this is this is sick and this is their policy uh, unreal wayne from Einan. how are you wayne very good sir i hope you had a good weekend always always my friend always good glad to hear that yeah my comments are i think the bidens are becoming uh looking at themselves as the elite and no one can touch them yeah that's the way i look at it too rabbit okay and also, remember, I the, say, remember the Creedence Clearwater song, Senator's Son? It's fortunate, yes, son. Sir. But but okay. I ain't no Senator's Son. Well, this is this is Hunter Biden to the T. Yes, it is. And you're talking about Clearwater re- Revival? Uh, I think you should do something for all the vets, okay, uh, from Vietnam, the Vietnam era. Yeah. Okay, play the song R- Running Through the Jungle. Who's that? It was written by... Clearance crew out of revival. Oh, oh, yeah. Running through the jungle. Okay? Was that, was also, that intended for? Was that intended for the Vietnam uh, conflict? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. We heard it almost every morning on on Vietnam radio. And good, uh, good morning, oh. Vietnam. Okay, oh, all right, you. You know what? We we uh, Johnny blew our finishing song because okay. I, I, my, by my fault, by the way. But okay. we'll, Johnny will finish with Run Through the Jungle with uh, Clearance uh, Clearwater, all right? Okay, and there's also another one, okay, you can play. We want to get out of this place by the animals oh, sometime. Yeah. <laughs> I used to sing that one in prison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's a good one, Bobby. My other remark is, not to tell you up too long, my other remark, about uh, Kennedy running for office. If he got in, I believe, okay, he would get rid of the AOC crew and everything like that. I believe that uh, he, has, he would have a strong enough backbone to do all that kind of stuff. I, I'll tell you, but I think you agree with the point that Andrew and I were making that he only sounds reasonable because of the insanity of the party that he's railing against. <laughs> Exactly. I agree with you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree with that. Oh, but that's scary. I do believe that he 
he would not tolerate those crew for nothing. He, I, I'm still, I would still never vote Democrat anyway. Not anymore. Period. Get so, another guy. End of, end of story. God. Because because <laughs> oh. look what grips them. And I've talked yes, about it twenty times. I like Matt Carrade. I like uh, 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 Bob Casey. I like a lot of Democrat elected officials. Right. But they go yep. along with the insanity of their leadership. Mm-hmm. They don't fight it. They don't resist it. They're lemmings. And it's right. like, okay, I, I can't vote Democrat. I can't vote for any Democrat in good conscience because they're, they're going along with the insanity or they're secretly insane. That's the way I look yeah. at it, too, Bobby. Yep. I look at it that you... You, they cannot be trusted, period. They will do anything, and I mean absolutely anything, to stay in power. Yeah. doesn't matter what. Okay, they, they will do anything. They've proven that with Trump so yeah. far. Nuts. But they will do anything. You know? Well, Wayne, we're, we're going to finish with Run Through the Jungle um, for sure. All right? And then some, sometime down the road, play. We got to get out of this place because we heard that every morning. <laughs> that, that is great. That is great. Did you? By the way, quick question: Did you ever hear Adrian Cronauer on on the radio uh, yes. out there? Air Armed for because yes. they had Armed Forces Radio. He was the DJ yes. from that great yes. movie. What was that movie called? Yes, he was. Uh, no, I can't remember now. Yeah. Uh, oh, good morning. Good morning, Robin Vietnam. Williams. Robin Williams was in one. Yeah. Good morning, called, Vietnam. Uh, good, good morning, Vietnam. Yeah. And that's the radio station we heard almost every morning. How about okay. That? And, but when I was at when I was at Camp Holloway. Okay. Now, when you get out in the jungle, there's no radio. So. <laughs> 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 oh, well, that is great. I'm happy. You, I'm happy you related that to us. So okay. well, you got, yeah, you got the that closing was a good laugh, song. though. That's what you. I think that was a good laugh. But you'll be in a prison. Take care, my friend. All right. Thank take you, care, as buddy. always, Wayne. With pleasure. We'll take this break for the news. Phil Kaufman has the news. We're going to listen to what he's got going on. And then we'll come back and we'll do our third hour here on the Club for Common Sense, the Bob Cordaro Show. WYLK News Radio. This is the Bob Cordaro Show Podcast. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 